hey, hey, it's the Weekly Impact Podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I feel back. like the Kool-Aid man just bu- busted in. Hey, like, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Fat Albert. Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, my name is Brent Smith. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Daniel Yoverton and Michael Miller. Um, it is Tuesday, January 29th, and we are on Matthew 24. Um, what's been going on, guys? In the last week, what have you been up to? <laughs> Studying Matthew 24, <laughs> of course. In the Action Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I, I bought my uh, my son Christian. He's he's just turned nine. So I bought him this Action Bible. And I and I got myself one too, and I'm pretty excited about it because, like, like you know, get this is his first Bible, mm-hmm. so I wrote a note in there for him, and you know, uh, I, I filled up the family tree and all that kind of stuff, and, and I'm really excited about Christian having a Bible. I really want him to, you know, learn to to make sure he actually reads it, you know, and and, and respects it, and, mm-hmm. and and has that that honor and discipline. So I'm I'm stoked, but I got myself one, <laughs> and because of Daniel. I combined an old nickname from the army with a new nickname from Daniel, so I had it printed on it "Spanky the Walrus" on the, on the front of my new action Bible. So, so if if for at least for my part of the nickname is the walrus, and for those of you that may not have met Michael yet, uh, he uh, he's got a, an awesome beard. He's got his his beard kind of like it's it's, it's got a cool like shimmer to it, but. He has a uh, gray hair that kind of comes down like tusks right on and, the... And that's uh, being it's nice. dark right there. in the middle of his chin. And it's dark in the middle. And it's, so it looks <laughs> he, that looks like he's got a walrus tusks. And, and, so. and calling it gray is being, is being nice. It's, they're straight up white. <laughs> like my my, my uh, hair did not go through a gray phase. I have these white streaks. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, so Action Bible, is it, like, is it written completely different? Like... Obviously no, not it's, completely it's different. Awesome. It's got to be the gospel, but um, it's the ESV version. So like the oh, Bible it itself okay. is ESV. So it's what we use, and most of the Action Bibles are ESV. You can find them in NIV, mm-hmm. but so the Action the Bible is the kind of like um, study guide kind of thing that it has, and it's got like comic book stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it, it so looks it like has, a Spider-Man comic or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it has cool little comic things, but it also has like study questions and and it's geared towards a kid which is perfect for me because i'm like a, a big child you know I, i'm excited to dig into this thing you know cool. i know you opened it up and there's a huge page with like a comic of jesus teaching yeah. people and you're like this is awesome yeah. so yeah. yeah like right now we're in matthew 24 and i have this thing open and and i can see it's actually from uh this part it might be from like just, just imagine jesus, jesus flipping the tables and having like pow i know exactly whack. yeah <laughs> with some it's, little theme music cool. in the background <laughs> yeah i'm i'm stoked i'm pretty this is my father's house <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i haven't seen the the pow bam that kind of stuff yet but yeah. we'll see there's not too many uh, go to the old testament you might find <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> even exactly. worse maybe <laughs> exactly i know go little david and goliath yeah you're going like noir kind of like dark <laughs> comics in the in the old yeah. testament Oh, All right, man. guys. Um, so uh, somebody want to give us some setup on what we're doing here. I know that we didn't do much setup last week because mm-hmm. we're still in Matthew, but uh, this chapter is a little bit different. Um, so if anybody wants to give some setup, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I'll just do more of kind of where we are in the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, Jesus is in basically this uh, Passion Week uh, that we uh, will refer to uh, as believers, but it's the week uh, between the triumphal entry, so Palm Sunday that we celebrate, and uh, Easter or the Passover meal. So, this is uh, Jesus coming into Jerusalem. This is there is a lot of 
information in the gospel about the seven days. Like Jesus did a lot of teaching, did a lot of things during this time. And so you'll see a lot in the gospel accounts. There's going to be a big chunk of scripture between the triumphal entry and the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And it all kind of happens within seven to 10 days. Mm -hmm. And so this is all kind of taking place in this time. So Jesus is in the epicenter of all of this controversy. You know, he's at the end of his ministry. He has, you know, uh, the Pharisees and the religious leaders are totally, you know, at at uh, just racking their brains trying to figure out what to do. How how do we get rid of this guy? Uh, how do we kill this guy? How do we shame this guy publicly? So you'll see a lot of interaction with Jesus and the Pharisees. You'll see Jesus doing a lot of teaching about the kingdom of heaven yeah. and what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And so, and uh, as you will read about today, he talks a lot about just future prophecy. So end times, what we refer to as end times, which may have already, some of the things may have already taken place, which Michael will probably share about later on. But mm-hmm. but so the, this is... In, and Brent will probably argue, so it'll be fun. No, <laughs> it's going to be good discussion. But uh, but so this is this is where this is taking place. So this is taking place. Jesus is in. He's going back and forth even between uh, Jerusalem and Bethany. Bethany's a, a city that's close by to Jerusalem. It's uh, not a far walk, and so Bethany is actually where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And so there's a lot of stuff that's happened. And even when Jesus raised Lazarus, which I think we'll read more about in John, uh, he. Um, it, it says that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus and kill Lazarus. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of tension going on. But there's also a lot of protection for Jesus because there's so many people in Jerusalem because of the Passover. This is the big feast. This is the big festival. Everyone's here. Everyone's been hearing all of this stuff about this guy, Jesus. And it is just kind of like, it's like a, it's like a counter peg. Just, or, yeah, no, counter peg. Powder, powder cake. Powder <laughs> Powder cake. We know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a second, that, that is really wrong. On that light Powder note, too, I, I have to share real quick when you said he's back and forth between Jerusalem and Bethany. I Did you see me smiling? I had yeah. a little giggle I had to fight back because in our house recently, for some reason, with the kids, we've started going, hey, Bethany. Hey, hey what are you doing, Bethany? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I could think of. Sorry. I, no, that's all right. Oh, man. <laughs> in case they picked up on my giggle on the podcast here. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a powder keg, not a counter, counter peg. <laughs> powder keg that is getting ready to just explode and so it's a it's a it's a clash between uh two worlds it's a clash between the world of the kingdoms of this world and the ideologies of this world the uh hopes and dreams that the jewish people had about the messiah and then what jesus came to establish with the kingdom of heaven so there's a lot of tension and and jesus he doesn't play around here like he can't yeah, he's no. got that urgency going on. He knows it's coming no soon. No joke, you know? right? The, I mean, so I mean, he's flipping tables, and these guys that want to kill him. I mean, he's he's talking at them at this point. Yeah, and and, and, we're, and chapter four is kind of sandwiched between some of Jesus talking at people and talking to his disciples. So, uh, so I guess something important to note is he has a primarily Jewish audience at this point, mm-hmm. and specifically. A Jewish audience that is not accepting him as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Mix that with the combination of the an audience with his disciples. Because in 24, he's pr- more talking to his disciples about things that they will experience um, because of the all the stuff with Rome and all the stuff with, with these people who have denied him as Messiah. So chapter 24 is sandwiched between Jesus really calling out the Pharisees and Sadducees. And, and again, I think primarily his audience is probably his disciples right here in 24. Yes, yeah, yeah, he really lays out some tough stuff in yeah. 23 where he talks about the Pharisees <laughs> and then 
uh, and even before then, it was the Pharisees were trying to uh, basically trick him, and then yeah. Jesus outwitted them all, and then they left because they basically shamed. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's all the dynamics going on right now. All right. So this is Matthew 24 from the Dwell app. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house, and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So, if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, 
so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over his household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, you guys, that is our reading for today from Matthew 24 from the Dwell app, and we'll move right into observations. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, we sure will. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me throw, throw a couple things out there that um, can look at, at the whole picture, because this can get really confusing real quick. So there's a couple different ways that people tend to take this. One is this idea that um, this is talking about the rapture and talking about the end times, right? 
and that all this stuff is in the end of days. So like we're going to see all these things happen at the end of time and then we'll know Jesus is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one way that some people take it. Another way that I found out that I didn't know um, specifically to like the, the parts that, that people interpret as the rapture, keep in mind uh, a lot of these, it's, Jesus is talking about a lot of bad things. He's talking about how like there'll be a person in the field, another person in the field will be gone. Mm. We tend to think that's that's like, oh, the good people are gone. But he's talking about like how it's going to be like the days of Noah. Who was taken in the days of Noah? All right. It was the bad guys. So uh, whether it's realistic or metaphoric, it looks like possibly some people believe that the bad guys are the ones that are taken. Yeah. At or, this point. Or maybe Thanos just snapped his fingers. And- <laughs> Oh my gosh, that <laughs> just I'm, happened. I'm just interpreting this scripture in a totally different way now. <laughs> so, wow. The so, gauntlet is complete. The gauntlet got complete, and it's the end of days. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so, that, and then there's, there's uh, I have some friends that are, they call themselves preterists. I might be mispronouncing that because I see it online, but and, and not really hear it, but whatever. And those guys think that all of these things that Jesus is talking about have already happened. It all happened in 70 AD. Jesus mm-hmm. already came back. A bunch of Jews were killed. Like a million people died. There was a Jewish-Roman war. The temple was destroyed. It's all done. And this is all history to us. But it was in the future to Jesus. So Jesus was predicting to them something that already happened. So those are three kind of classic views on this chapter. Um, another, I, I'll interject one thing yeah. real quick, too. No matter what you believe it is, have humility and know that you could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. forward. That's yeah. true. I mean, well, that's how we have to take prophecy. Like, we, yeah. it, it's not going to make sense until it's all complete and you're able to look back and say, oh, yeah. Like, think about right. like Isaiah 50, 53, right? Isaiah 53 perfect is example. like the perfect example of exactly what Jesus went through when he died for our sins. Now, up until Jesus died, that that that's been in Jewish scriptures. That was part of their scriptures. That was part of the stuff that they learned and memorized. And mm-hmm. then even to this day, you know, it's still in their Jewish scriptures. And uh, and so you have to kind of say like, oh wow, like that is a that is like absolutely Jesus. And it makes sense now when the events of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus actually transpired. Yeah. And so I think with some of these things. The fact that none of this stuff has necessarily come to completion, um, we, we could say that like there's some of these things that may have happened. There's some of the things that may have, may not have happened, and and that's okay because Jesus even says we're not even going to know the time or date when he's coming back. So obviously some of these things haven't happened yet, uh, and so or at least that's the way I interpret it. But sure. I'll be humble and, and, and admit <laughs> that if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. That's fine. But either way, I think that's like where we until the, all of this actually takes place. We can't ever know for sure if this is speaking about certain events before, uh, currently, or even in the future. And so I think that we just, that's the hard thing I think with prophecy for me mm-hmm. is that, and I try not to get so like really caught up into the the, un, the knowing of the knowledge of the details, I guess mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Like I like to know that all of these things are, that Jesus is predicting these things because for me that gives me comfort in knowing that he knows all of this stuff already. Mm-hmm. You know, the the very, the one that I think is amazing is that prophecy that he basically says in the second verse of the des- destruction of the temple of Jerusalem. Like he just says that no stone will be left here and they'll all be thrown down into the Kid- it's Kidron Valley, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened. That's what, I mean, Titus came in. It was, like Michael said, it was awful, awful war, really bloody. Lots of Jewish people were killed, and 
uh, the the Jerusalem was just destroyed. There was an awful siege in Jerusalem. So much disease, so much death, and and then they came and they the temple was a massive structure, which which had huge cut stone. It was really yeah. impressive, and they threw every single stone every from last rock down into the Kidron Valley. And so and, th- and this isn't just this isn't this is history. Yeah, like. For skeptics out there, Josephus, like a historian that that wasn't even a Christian, he's the one that wrote about this stuff. I mean, it was. For, what, what I'm, you got, I'm sorry, I just <laughs> being deep rooted in country music. When I hear My Josephus, I think Josephus. <laughs> think of Hank Williams Jr. It just made me laugh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that to me is really it's telling that Jesus has has knowledge about all of these things. And and I guess the encouragement to us then, and this is me stepping a little bit more into application, which is what we always do. We talk about observation and immediately sure. jump to application because we can't help ourselves. Uh, is that soap, man, ex- soap. We exactly. got soap. <laughs> so what might your observation, uh, application, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's our that's our spiritual growth wrap. That's uh, our skeleton. <laughs> and so anyways. Uh so but I think it's interesting what he tells us to do in these meetings. It's it's to not be alarmed. It's to not fear. It's to not uh be persuaded by false prophets. It's not to it's to, you know, be faithful. It's to be vigilant. It's to um not just be delusional and act like things are not going to happen and, and work in like the very end when he talks about uh, the servants and the wise servant who is constantly thinking about his master and what his master wants and how he can treat his servants and in, in the way the master would want to treat him. You know, that's to me where we're stepping more into application because he, Jesus is telling us these things to say that there's going to be an end. And there's going to be a time when we as servants, we as people, are going to give an account for the life that we live. So don't live as if it's not going to happen or it's, you're, you know, it'll happen in the, in the distant future. I don't need to worry about it. I'll be able to take care of these things. Let me live my life a little bit. Let me YOLO for a little while, and then I'll follow <laughs> Jesus after that, right? And, and Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't do that because you don't know when it's coming and you don't. And and I think it's a warning. It's a loving warning from Jesus because we're going to have to give an account for the way that we live our life. And if we do this whole thing where we're just really living for ourselves and then, you know, when we when our kids get old and out of the house, then we'll finally live for Jesus or whatever it is. We're we're missing out on great opportunity, not only for heavenly reward, but also there's going to be some eternal consequences for the choices that we make. And so. That to me, when I look at prophecy, I look at okay, then what is what is my what is my response then to this? Like, how am I? How should I yeah. live my life in view of these events and in view that these things are going to take place? Yeah, yeah I think I think that's important. We talked about this a, a bit before the. We should really start recording our conversations before the podcast. Sometimes they're way better than the podcast. <laughs> the pre-show, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pre-game, you know. But um, and we talked about like even salvation. How, um, you know, a lot of us that believe that, that when you're saved, that you're, you're saved, that you can't take that away. Well, there can be, there can be danger in that, too, because you're like, well, I'm good to go. You know, it doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and when you read these things, like, some of us are like, well, this is going to happen way, way in the future. We don't have to worry about it. And some of us are like, well, this has already happened. And then some of us, it could happen any moment. And the thing is, we have to find some motivation beyond that. Like we were saying, you only have one life here. I mean, if you're if you're like extremely lucky, you got 120 years. 
there's really not even that much time. Yeah. So, and do we do we really need the threat of hell to be nice to people? Do we really need the threat of Jesus coming back to be to be nice to people and to tell people about Jesus and to reach the lost? Like, I hate this, but like, what is wrong with us if we need threats to actually help people? You know what I'm saying? I I know a lot of atheists that are fantastic human beings that they don't need threats. <laughs> like I don't. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, what do you think, Dan? I mean, to me, I don't, I don't think I need the threats. Well, I think that God uh, takes the approach of what he, he I guess the way I, way I would think about it is that God's desire is that we would be with him for eternity and that we would experience him for eternity, but also we would experience him in this life. And I think that he uses different Wait, things. Can you say that again? That was really important. Yeah. God desires. The, the design for us for humanity was to be with God forever. And we messed that up. We there was There is now a breakdown in the relationship between us and God. And now we have the opportunity to live in a way that we bring the kingdom of heaven down to a place where the kingdom of heaven right. doesn't necessarily rule and reign yet. You know, and so I think that it's so important that we get the opportunity to to re- we realize that this was what God's intention was from the start, that this is what he wanted us to do. And, and I think that you can think about it as a child, right? As a child, you explain things differently than you explain things to an adult. Does that make sense? Yes. So like, let's say if you um, like for my son, Judah, when we had our daughter, Hannah, she's. Uh, he's only a couple years older, but he knew that there was a baby in mommy's belly, right? Now, when he gets a little bit older, we'll probably explain that whole process probably a little bit Good differently. Luck with that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> this is going to be fun times. I can't wait for this. <laughs> You're being a prophet about my future, right? And so, yeah. and then, but let's say if my son goes to medical school, then he's going to learn a whole lot more about the whole process of of birth and about reproduction and all of that stuff. So. Even when we, as a child, we're not really wrong when we tell him that there's a baby in mommy's belly, right? But we're just explaining things differently based on the maturity level. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yes, and so, yes. And so I think God gives us different things to encourage us to be with him based on our maturity level. And I think it's sometimes it can start with a fear. You know, it can start with a fear of hell. and But I don't think that it ends there. And I think some people stay in kind of that immature nice. state yeah. where they see like, okay, well, then I just need to fear God and avoid hell as much as possible. That's not life abundantly that Jesus came to give. Now, I think, and so that's why I think the process of growing more and more with an understanding of who God is, what Jesus came to do, and what Jesus represents helps us because then we are able to understand things more from an adult perspective right. and a mature perspective. But God hits us in, in so many different levels and so many different maturities. And so I kind of take the the thought of, okay, yes, there's a hell. And that means God is going to, that hell is really bad because God knows that when we are apart from him, it's the worst possible place that we can be. And so he, it's going to be bad because he doesn't want us to go there. And so he's going to push us away from something bad. But then he's also going to tell us about all the rewards in heaven. And he says, I want you to experience all of these rewards in heaven. And so he's going to entice us and pull us towards heaven so he can push us away from hell pull us towards heaven and then he can also still explain like oh but also you can have life abundantly here and that means that when you give your life up you're going to gain it and you're going to 
if you become a servant for all, you're going to be greatest in my kingdom, you know? And so I think he, he begins to start building off of it. And, and I see this more of a part of understanding and maturity when it comes to spirituality, that you will begin to understand as you pursue God, you're going to understand more and more the depths of his love, the depths of his sacrifice, the amount of grace that he has, and his view towards humanity. And I think when we start to learn more and more about God, we operate differently. Just as my son, as he grows up, is going to understand more. I hope. I hope he doesn't stay in this like three-year-old thing where he just <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah, just talks, just just doesn't understand anything beyond a baby in uh, mommy's tummy kind of thing, you know. And so, and so that's where I feel like I think we can kind of get really fixated on hell as being just this soul motivator. And I think we lose sight of so many other things. And I think part of the process is to grow up to know that God is pushing us from something bad. He's pulling us to something good. And he wants us to experience him in the process because of his great love for us. Yeah. Another thing that we're like, spoiler alert, chapter 25 is coming. Um, that, that, <laughs> that we'll see that when we talk what? about being yeah, talk about being nice to people and you talk about like the threats of hell. Keep in mind, and I'm not saying that hell isn't a thing. You also have to to think about what Jesus is doing. Um, Jesus is about to tell us in the next chapter to be nice to people, right? Again, spoiler alert. He he, and that and what's really cool is like this is the last big long speech that he has before you know this whole being crucified thing happens. Mm-hmm. So like if it's his last big speech, we should probably listen to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But he tells all these parables, and, and keep in mind, parables are stories. So so he does like cap these stories off with like threats of hellfire and and the goats are going to get burned and all this stuff. But the the point of of the, of the way that he tells these stories, hell isn't the point. It's like things if you if you do the right things, things are going to go good for you, and if you do the wrong things, things aren't going to go so good for you. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like the the point of the parable parable of these stories. But when he gets down to talking about the king and and these people that serve the king that, that serve the least of these and that kind of stuff in twenty in Matthew twenty five, I think we should listen. Mm-hmm. It's not just about about fear; it is absolutely about helping people. Having having if you if you are communing with the Holy Spirit. You should have a drive and a love for people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, man, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and another, another little rap piece for you, right? And one thing I want to <laughs> talk about, because I know we wanted to talk about the abomination yeah, that causes yeah, yeah. desolation. But yeah. one quick thing to kind of piggyback off of what you said before we do that is this little les- lesson of the fig tree kind of like tucked in here. Yeah. And basically Jesus is hungry and he wants to go to this fig tree to get food and it doesn't have any food. In it, and so he curses it and it withers. But it goes back to bearing fruit, right? That there is a purpose for the tree. There is a purpose for us. There is a purpose for why God has used us as plan A to reach the world and tell people about Jesus. And we can learn from the lesson of the fig tree. That if we're just hanging out and not bearing fruit, that there's a withering process that's taking place, and we're having a detrimental effect not only on ourselves but others around us. And so I think that that is just kind of tucked in there, but it, it speaks volumes yeah. about how we live and what we're doing. And I think the question that we can ask is, what does it look like to produce fruit? And I know we talk about things and we kind of explain things for you, but I want to just challenge you guys to, if you don't know what that looks like, I want you to just look, like go look up Scripture 
that has to do with bearing fruit and just meditate on it and see what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about that. So anyway, so that was just my one kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, Michael. But uh, Brent, I know you wanted to just kind of bring clarity to the abomination that causes desolation because it sounds like it's like a heavy metal song. You know, <laughs> right. like it really needs to be like like some just serious like double bass drums going on. Desolation. Like, <laughs> yeah. So and, and that's you know for me those are a lot of the things that stick out is kind of the the Bible talk church talk words that your average person doesn't know and doesn't understand what that even means. And I didn't want that to be a piece that they just read through and they were like, well, those were some weird words, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and didn't really think about he it. Sounds or know like what it was a friendly guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know a bomb. He's great. Um, but yeah, so the abomination of desolation is just one, one little phrase that it says in here. Um, but basically, I mean, do you guys, either one of you want to address that? Like from what I understand from it, it, you got it, brother. it's, it's, prophecy so jesus is talking right now and he's talking about something that's going to come in his future so it might still be in our future but it might have already happened it's in our past but when he was speaking it was in his future but the idea behind the abomination of desolation is that there will be or there was an antichrist or the antichrist whatever you want to look at it somebody who is literally Mm anti-christ um that comes into the temple during a time of desolation during a horrible time of strife that in defiance of God, takes the seat on the throne of God in the temple and basically claims, I am God. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's desolating the Actual temple. Actual high five. Right? <laughs> Thanks. Yes. But it's just, it's an air abomination. high five is not necessary. The air high five wasn't good. <laughs> foot and a half yeah. from yeah. each other. We yeah. did it. They could actually audibly hear it this time, yeah. too. But yeah, so abomination is literally somebody having the abomination of sitting on the temple and claiming their God, and it's during a time of desolation. Yep. That's it. So just wanted to make that clear for you guys in case you were wondering, because I know for a long time I didn't understand what that was. So anyway. And like Brent said, it may be, uh, it may be something that happens in, in our past but or maybe something in our future, but it was definitely something that was in Jesus' future when he was speaking about it. And, and so I think we have to—prophecy has the ability to sometimes be fulfilled multiple times. Um, and so— we can see that and be like, oh, well, that's done. I don't need to think about that anymore, right? Or, but, right. but that's not necessarily the case. That this, this very well could happen again. This very well could not have happened before, and it will eventually happen. Uh, but I think the, instead of kind of getting so fixated on like if it did or when it will or all these things like that, I think it's more of if this does happen, we know that Jesus knew about it and that he's, he's with us in this process yeah. and that we do not need to fear. Yeah. Agreed. And, and that's, that's honestly for me with revelation and with prophecy, the reason that I want to understand it and the reason I have a little bit more of a passion for it is just because it gives me an idea of certain things to look for, to be like, wow, okay, that's, I see that happen. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it can fun. be. The, yeah. the thing that, I, that I'll throw out there before we go is that um, when it comes to all this prophecy stuff and like what, what's going to happen and when is it going to happen, what already happened, mm-hmm. you know, you know, cause, cause like you said, all this stuff was in Jesus's future, Yeah. but it's weird of what is in our past, what is in our present and what is in our future. We don't know, but I'm curious to what you guys think. So as you see some of this stuff post, you know, we, uh, we, we, you know, this stuff is on SoundCloud and it's on other, you know, what I, you could tell them where all the other places it is, but yeah. as we share this stuff on social media and you see it, one thing I, I want to I want to hear from you all is what do you think? What do you think about the rapture? What do you think about you know, uh, you know, was people was was Jesus taking up the good guys? Was he taking up the bad guys? <laughs> the seventy A D stuff, the preterism stuff. Is this? 
Did, is all this stuff in the past? Is all this stuff in the future? I mean, yeah. I'm curious. And it's not because I want to argue, because I don't, but this stuff is fun. Yeah. And he, so I'm curious I mean, what you think. Just to clarify, he's talking to you, to the listener in this. You know, yeah, we, I'm not talking we, to Brent. <laughs> we, we, we talk <laughs> behind the scenes. We all kind of know how we feel about things and yeah. what our views are on things. But And there's some things that, honestly, we don't share on here with you because it's a personal belief, and we're not trying to sway your opinion right. on anything. We want you to to read for your own. We want you to hear conversations that we're having and spark ideas, but we want you to do the research. We want you to lean into the Holy Spirit and glean off of these things, what you feel like they might be, whatever. It, it's part of the process of growing in your faith and in your understanding yeah. and in, in who you are. So um, we just want to spurn that on. So a conversation is always a good thing to have. So if you guys want to get involved, if you want to reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on, any, on anything. Or catch me at church. I'd love to hear what you think. You yeah, know? absolutely. You, um, you're going to have to go back and find me in the, with the kids because that's where I'm always at. <laughs> but yeah, catch us at church. We, I mean, we love to talk about this stuff. And something that I would love to get your guys' feedback on too is something that we talked about after our last podcast and even we mentioned a little bit today about having like a pre-show. Man, we need to record our conversations <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Um, we talked about, uh, and this is addressing you, the listener right now, we talked about possibly doing, while we're recording the podcast, doing a Facebook Live as well. Um, we've seen people that do those to where we're recording the show, but also we start the camera about right. the live feed fr from Facebook or whatever about five minutes before as we're kind of doing the pre-show conversation, getting ramped up, ready for it, for uh, for the recording of the actual podcast. And we would put that out. It'd be live for you guys to watch and then for you to watch after the fact too. So if that's something that you think would be interesting that you'd like for us to do, let us know because we don't want to do all the work that would go into that if it's not going to be beneficial. But um, your feedback would greatly appreciate we, on that. Yeah, we, we, love, think it we love hearing fun. from you because we do this because we love you guys. Yeah. You know, we, we really want to serve you. And uh, um, this is this is a work of passion. We love doing this stuff, and and we want to to serve you in the best ways we can. So, I mean, let us know. Let us know what you need, and and we'll do the best we can to help. Yeah. All right. So let's let's close out with prayer. Um, I'll go ahead and pray today, and um, we'll go ahead and knock this episode out. So, um, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I want to open up with praise of you, God, instead yes. of coming to you first with ask, ask, ask. Um, God, we just thank you. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your love for us, uh, for the passion that you have for us and for the things that you have done for us, um, for giving your son, for him being crucified for us to be reconciled to you. Everything that you've done, it's way beyond anything we could ever imagine, we could ever do on our own. And God, we are just forever thankful for that and for who you are and your love for us. Um, just as we uh, move into this week and as we move into this year, God, uh, I, the, the big thing that I keyed in today in the conversation is just how important it is for us to live in close relationship with you. Yes. Um, that we, because the closer that we are to you, God, the clearer our vision, the clearer we can hear you, the clearer you can lead our lives. So when we talk about all these prophecy things, when we talk about all that stuff, God, I want everybody to know listening to this that None of that matters in the end as long as we're close to you. Your plan will play out the way that it's supposed to play out, and we're just supposed to stay close to you every day and try to stay as true as we can to you and, um, and just be with you, God, and let you guide our daily lives, always be in communication with you like we spoke about last week, uh, praying without ceasing, yeah. always seeking you, God, in everything that we do um, and, and making it a priority to spend quality time with you each week, each day, God. So anyway, that's my prayer for us for this week, for this year, and going forward in our lives. So God, we just once again thank you. We lift you up. We love you, and we trust that you will carry us through. In your name, amen.
Amen, amen. <laughs> so, guys, uh, that's going to wrap up the episode. Uh, once again, Matthew 24 today. Um, I love these conversations. It's so much fun to go in-depth with Daniel and Michael here. Um, once again, I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. So uh, as we spoke about, let us know. Let us know some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know if there's something we do each week that sucks, that needs to go, um, or something you would love to hear us do or, <laughs> or add in. Yeah, it's Michael. He's gone. But um, anyway, guys, we just really enjoy this, and we just always try to let you guys know how much we really do enjoy getting getting to be here and have this conversation with you and for you um, and hope that it's helping you along your way. So um, anyway, until next week, go be Jesus to each other. Be safe out in the uh, January weather and the traffic and the nasty roads, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.